And good evening, everyone. As I introduced you guys earlier on the intro there, I have William Ramsey with me of William Ramsey Investigates. Man, I was really excited that he got back to me to join us on an episode of the show here. And Louise and Bandit are here with me tonight. So I think tonight's going to be a really good night. How is everyone doing this evening? <clears throat> Very well. I'm pretty it's a good. It's little cold in my garage, but I'm all right. <laughs> Man, we're 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 still hot off some uh, some hairy thunderstorm weather and some bad tornadoes down in my end of the country. It's uh and it's been like an eighty degree day today again today. So who knows how it's gonna where it's going? But I mean, you know, when they're out there spraying things left and right, there's no telling what the weather's gonna be the next day. The way that I look at it, so we just kind of run with that. So uh, if you know, if a lot of you aren't too familiar, you know, he William the William Ramsey investigates podcast. You guys, as I was saying in the opening, is pretty pretty well known, and he does his own investigative journalism. And man, there has been some great books that I've read that he's done dealt with, and most recently he's been doing some stuff with like the Smiley Face Murders and stuff like that. And I'm not sure if too many of you guys are familiar with that, but I was, as I was saying, I was excited that he got back to me and is here to join me this evening. So, sir, I. First off, I want to say thank you for the hard work you put into exposing things and stuff like that. Like that's there, I, I understand that there's a lot of work and spreading truth and understand the flack that people get back from it and whatnot. So, thank you, sir, for the work you're out there doing. Thank you, thank you. It's pretty it's been interesting. I was really not a trained journalist. I was just kind of a person who was screaming at the uh, corporate media for not covering things in depth and getting things directly wrong. So that's kind of why I got my starts. Everything. My first book was published in 2010, and then my first documentary was 2017. It was my first documentary on the Smiley Face Killings. It's called Smiley Face Killers Who Was Abducting, Torturing, and Murdering College-Age Men in the U.S. and U.K. So I've done one. That was 2017, and then 2021, I did a follow-up to that. That's the Smiley Face Killers, The Global Slaughter Continues. So I've done two documentaries on that and innumerable episodes on my podcast, interviewing a wide variety of people. It's over. It's isn't isn't that over like over forty killings now, and the area has spread a lot larger. Yeah, I think that um, originally going back to some of the original researchers, they had forty. I think the total amount that can call that can be under the kind of umbrella of the phenomenon, which is young men out at night disappear later to be found in water, much later than expected, or in places that had previously been searched. That would be the smiley face killer phenomenon. I. I think that's a probably three or four hundred deaths like that. Oh wow. oh, wow. I didn't, you know, that. I, didn't I am unfamiliar. I am unfamiliar. I've covered about this. 120. I've covered 120 of them in my two documentaries. I am unfamiliar with this. Could you uh, expand on this a little bit? Like, why? Sure. I, I'm. Why are they named the smiley face killings? It's a great question. So, originally, I was not the first researcher. The first two researchers who came together, along with there was a couple other independent journalists, but the two that came together were Gilbertson and Gannon. Gilbertson is a criminology professor, I think, in Wisconsin. And then Gannon was a um, police officer in New York City, and they both saw the same phenomenon. Younger men, college age, younger, disappearing, later to be found in water in strange places, places that had already been searched. And they found that there was a correlation between this type of death and this, uh, the symbol of the smiley face. So they gave the name to these, this kind of particular true crime or you know, criminal event, the smiley face killers. And a lot of them, some of them haven't drowned. They've done a book. They did a book together in a very kind of a scholarly approach, not kind of like an armchair true crime. And the, the title of that book is Case Studies in Forensic Drownings. You can check that out. And he, uh, I think that Gilbertson had kind of a, as, as he should, a proper criminology approach. He looked at the times of death, uh, drugs that were in the system. There was a over preponderance of GHB. So they found a lot of things that were very strange, but uh, also the smiley faces involved in that. So that's how it got its name. I thought it was a uh, urban myth. Like it says right there, there's case studies. Good. So I thought that... Uh, like it says it's a theory. It's not really sure, a theory. Sure. Like it's as provable that these <clears throat> cases are happening. I, so there's a lot of people trying to debunk or kind of, yes. off, but I don't mind. I, I'm a, I up for critique, 
but these cases are real. I started studying in 2016 with the, the background of like, this is an urban myth, but then looking into the actual events, I found that it's well, not an urban myth. It's a real phenomenon. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually on board with that myself and believing that I, I'll, everything I see that tries to debunk it calls a lot of it a coincidence. And one big thing that I will preach till I'm blue in the face is I don't believe in coincidence. Like I, I think that things like that, when they're that close and they're that similar, like there's, there's something more to the situation. And, you know, I, I understand that there are a lot of, you know, missing people just in general throughout the world. And a lot of times I ask myself though, because we all, and, and I know this is a terrible thing, but we all know that a lot of times there are numbers that have numbers added to them for propaganda sake and such. But when it comes to like this smiley face thing that I've always found fascinating with it is that there is so many common factors to the situation and there's, <clears throat> it seems to be just a specific genre of people. Like it's not, it, it's not really all over the place. And anybody that's trying to say that it doesn't fit a, like a serial killer's, you know, Monty for however you want to explain M.O. Yeah. You know, it, 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 I don't think they're really looking at it. Like it's just, it's, right, no, I, think you're right, yeah. <clears throat> I think it's one of those things that if you look at it topically, you may not see it, but I think that upon research people, almost all the people I've said that have realized that the phenomenon is happening. They just researched and went, okay, this is too many similar types of deaths. And there's been a have lot. They, just in have, the they, US. have they narrowed it down to somebody? Have they compiled like a list of suspects or anybody, anything like that? I think they've caught somebody who might be involved in these types of killings, but no, they've never really officially caught the killer associated with these killings. And I think these killings are done to confuse the police. So I think that at the surface level, the guys go out, they're drinking, right? And then they disappear and they must have fallen in water. But almost every case that I've studied, there's no actual witness seeing them go in the water, right? Yeah. So you would think, like, I saw Bob come out of uh, Murphy's Irish Pub. He was hammered, and he walked over to the side of the water, and he fell in, and then we found him in the water four days later. That's not what happens. What happens is Bob comes out of the pub. Somebody's following him. He looks like he has GHB. He's way too drunk. He's only had two drinks, but he's acting like he drank a 12-pack. And then he wanders around, and he's never seen again. And then nine days later, he's found down the Hudson River in a water treatment facility and those those are the ones that are very obviously to my mind uh foul play yeah could, and it's not it the first thing and you can go back and look in time like if you look at the mob in new york city they're dumping bodies in the water all the time <laughs> yeah lake Erie's full of them that's why right. i was yeah. gonna say that there was a lake that was drying out and they found over 14 yeah. bodies recently yeah, some still in like vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, they were so, still in cement shoes and still had cinder blocks so, so around was, their. Yeah, I was gonna ask your view. Do you think it's possibly like a weird murder motif that somebody has dreamt up? Of like, oh, I saw this pattern, and it's like a weird version of a copycat, but it's a copycat yeah. to hide your traces, like yeah. hide the evidence in a way. Because there's there's this guy that was just caught. Uh, that he made so many Google searches on how to hide a body. Mm. What is how how long does it smell? How do you dissolve it in acid? So he was an idiot. Use Google, and then they just literally read out the Google search. And what if this is some variant of the ten different ways you can get rid of a body? Right. No, I think that's it. I think the smart one goes on to the dark web, uses Tor anonymizes himself through some other application and then goes on and talk to these other guys in the BDSM community and they learn through the underground what to do. So it's a rarefied thing. Like it's a crazy part of the human experience. So we are part of the internet. <laughs> right. But I think that, that somebody like goes, Hey, this is what you do. You don't do this. Like you take them and throw them in water. You clean up the body and chuck it in water. You'll uh, the cops will think you just drowned, and then they'll just the, the water dissolves to take most it off of the, the evidence. The water, yeah. yeah. I know this is a little, I guess, and and this will be well expected from me, I guess, be, being a little bit out there. You see 
things in Hollywood and such. You know, I'm a big believer that Hollywood is a lot of predictive programming. So you see things in Hollywood where they show people playing games with human lives on the dark web. Do you plausibly think there's any way that since there maybe there isn't just one like maybe this is some kind of dark web game group? like group and that's, that's why it's being spread out and but it's all similar if you accept that these deaths are not accidental that they're not random that you have to look at when is the earliest death like the first guy like year zero the first death was this kid mclean out of uh he went to not Rutgers. He went to Fordham. He went to Fordham, kind of north part. Of, Fordham, uh, yeah, yeah, in New York, kind of Manhattan Island. But he was found in a water treatment. But it happened in the mid '90s. So these deaths have they've and they're occurring right now. Like there's just been a ton of killings in Houston and Chicago in the last six months. Um, but if you look at that, so you see that this mo or this kind of thing has happened with the advent of the internet, right? So the internet shows up in '95 maybe earlier, but it's allowing people to communicate that maybe not have communicated with each other before. And people with uh, kinks, like I saw a correlation between the gay BDSM community and these types of killings. So, like, imagine, like, I don't hang out on FetLife or what, uh, some message board, but what if somebody was? Like, that's their thing. And they shared stuff and what to do and the reason why, if you go back, if you pull that up, uh, uh, my first documentary, the picture on there is from this kind of uh, dungeon, like somebody's being tortured in a dungeon with a, with a water pipe in his throat, right? So they're faking his death. And so that was in this movie called, or this thing called Broken, uh, which was done by Nine Inch Nails. It was directed by a particular person by the name of Peter Christofferson who's passed away. But he was involved in a lot of that kind of strange gay underground. And that's probably why there's a lot of reasons why people don't view this because who, why would somebody, like our standard crime, like a woman's crime, like you get it, it's a sex crime. Some guys likes women, that's what they do. So some of these serial killers, Bundy. But that's the whole thing about this <clears> is that <throat> I think that this is an a homosexual law, uh, there's a significant proportion of this is homosexually motivated. So you see a lot of the, these gay people um, involved as victims. And interesting. No, and then I, all right, I guess what my, where my brain in a sense was kind of going with some of this is there is, it, were, it makes me think of a movie that I actually checked out, which is really hard for me to check out half the time anyway, but it was called, it was called Guns Akimbo. And the plot of yes. the movie, the plot of the movie was a dude crossed the wrong person on the internet and got involved in an internet game, basically, that was going on with like an underground crime organization running through the internet. And they sought down and tracked this guy and made him a part of the game. And Daniel Radcliffe in and, it from uh, Harry Potter. And it and it and it's it's a bit outlandish. Don't get me wrong. I understand that the movie itself is completely outlandish and kind of just more of like a fun ride thing. But the base theory behind it was, is that people on the deep dark corners of the internet, you know, there's there's clearly been shown. I think everybody that's in here has stumbled across thing being in the early days of the internet. You know, like. There's parts of the internet that people just don't really talk about. You're like, there's, oh, crap. there's an above I can't believe I've seen that. You know, no, the, do you guys ever heard of Ogrish? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking Ogrish. about. Ogrish. Yes. That website, which there's a it's version a, of it today. It's not Ogrish anymore. Nope. There's a few versions oh, I know. of it, but those websites still exist. It's basically and, murder porn. Yeah, 90%, yeah. 90% of the internet is the dark web. And let me just say, if you browse netflix you browse hulu you browse Tubi, you browse amazon prime um if anything people in the united states i mean if you browse all of the podcasts people in the united states have this fascination with serial killers especially when the number one genre the number one genre is true crime have you heard of i know there's a few explanations it, and they're kind of all creepy and bad it's it's crazy because it look at all of the uh, like if if you browse like the crime documentaries on like Netflix, you'll see the the Gacy tapes, um, 
the Green River Killer. Uh, you'll you'll see this fascination with Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy. It's it sells, you know, and people are just so. And the thing is, what's weird though is like you could have these murders taking place, like you're saying, the smiley face killer. This group could be just having a field day getting rid of people. And people will see that in the news and be just so numb to it because of the predictive programming on TV right now. They'll just they'll pass it completely over and not give it a second thought. Yes. Yeah, they won't even like think I about said, it. People just if the cops write it off as an accidental de death, it's gone. You know, yeah. only the families are really stricken. A lot. If you look at a lot of the families of the victims, almost all of them say, "This doesn't make sense." Bob was a great swimmer. Uh, the, he would doesn't hang mm -hmm. out in water. I mean, he could float. Like there was one victim I had was Dakota James, was the head of his swim team in high school, and he supposedly drowned in like the Ohio River, that, which is there like, was Ooh. just a murder on water in Puerto Rico. A, a crypto, very rich crypto guy that actually had developed a cryptocurrency died around where I lived in, back in Puerto Rico with his clothes. He was fully clothed. And he just evidently died with his wallet in his in his pocket as well. And you mentioned GHB, like that drug is really great for throwing somebody in the water and bye bye. Absolutely, it's also really mm -hmm. great for getting him out of a bar. If you throw that, it doesn't smell, it doesn't taste. You chuck it yeah. in a beer. Oh, I've said I've seen people dose with it several times. There's an yes. epidemic of those doses happening. I live in Los Angeles. They're telling people to watch it out for these bars. They're doing it for fun. Like the, the the bartenders are so. It is callous. really easy to die from it because of the poisoning once it mixes with alcohol. So some people just party with exclusively just with it because it's so strong that if you ever mix it with much of anything else other than water, it doesn't go well for you. So we're, yes, wait, it could easily kill you too. We're, talk, we're talking about GHB, right? Mm -hmm. right. like you, you guys know hydroxybutyrate, I think. Or on the straight, uh, the the street name for it, which is I've always found kind of funny, is called Georgia Homeboy. That's why it's God. It really <laughs> is. <Boy. laughs> it really is. Like, I, I'm, what, I'm, does that have some meaning? Does that name have some, so so down so down here in the south? There's still a lot of the old school, uh, like transformers on poles and stuff like that. And a bunch of the board people that got tired of doing meth found that you could make a alternative version of PCP that kind of negates its way to being GHB at, by shooting the bottoms of these transformers and collecting the liquid that was in the bottom of it to add to their mixture. And that that became a thing in the South that, that is so, so much... Weird. So much so, so much so that they've 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 been changing them out throughout the years. You still occasionally, you know, you might be driving in some of the sticks out here, but you might see one of those old school cans up there. But that's that is a hundred percent what they used to do. Like when you talk to, I've well, I, I have a habit of befriending ex, ex addicts. I, I like I pe people can turn their life around. You know what I'm saying? Like I've, I'm I'm friends with plenty of people that. We're at the lowest of low and even made it to prison. And now they are ahead of the curve and, you know, completely changed their life around, have families and stuff like that. And I've, we've sat and had conversations about this stuff. And, you know, they've, they've told me some of these things and the, these horror stories. And I'm just like, holy shit at the things that drugs will do to someone. And, and the, the desperation and the levels of extremes that people will go to chase a high i mean we're talking about things that you probably shouldn't ingest coming from one of those barrels let alone the amount of chemicals they put into making something like a methamphetamine or something <clears throat> so could this time you mentioned Dahmer. look at Dahmer, for example jeffrey Dahmer was drugging people the entire yep. time he was involved in his criminal career so he was yep. going around to gay bars and all the stuff and finding even while he was in, he was home. using it while he was in the military yeah, so that's a perfect example. So imagine somebody drugging somebody and he was, uh, Jeffrey was trying to get people back to his apartment. That was his big challenge. So then he drug them, but he had a different body disposal. Imagine if somebody just went and took the body and threw it in the water. I mean, it's just a thought. So. No, no, yeah. 
Dakota James is a really interesting case, and I'm glad you kind of brought that yeah. case up on the internet because there's a really good uh, article about him by somebody called uh, Nikki Wisensee Egan, E-G-A-N. It's about him because he was seems like he was selected. She wrote an article before he disappeared, about six weeks before that. He called a friend said, I don't know where I am. Come get me. He had been drugged. He was, all he remembered was like a black kind of uh, high-end van or something, you know, that you pick, like a black car picks you up. Mm-hmm. And he was freaked out. He didn't know where he was. And then the same thing happens to him again. He disappears, and then he's found in the water. Forty days later, going down the Ohio River from Pittsburgh um, in a place that he would have drifted if he found, fell in that, uh, two, you know, exactly the day he disappeared. He would have been found within two days. And he wasn't decomposed. So what happened to Dakota James? Why wasn't his body decomposed? Why was he found 40 days later? Why was he selected before that and drugged? Um, well, it, that's the worst of situations. Of, of, of They could have been uh, subject to extreme levels of abuse uh, of different types. And then, you know, you let them go. You, let, you, get, rid of the, you get rid of the problem. Have it's you ever situation. heard of uh, Cyril Wecht? Do you know who Cyril Wecht is? I'm unfamiliar, I think. He's Cyril, a kind of Cyril a what? publicly known Cyril Wecht, S-C-Y-R-I-L. Look, type in Cyril Wecht, Dakota James. Type that into Google and see if that pops up. He's a pretty no- well-known public uh, forensic examiner. Does autopsies on people. So Dakota James was found... He was an autopsy was done on him by some guy who they hired from China, who didn't say anything unusual. So the family oh, went and got an autopsy. And what did the fi- family find on the autopsy of Dakota James? But rope burns around his neck. So he had very visible rope burns uh, that was overlooked by the initial forensic inv- uh, examiner. Um, I actually did find it. Um... But this is like case after case after case after case. Yeah. Disappearances found upriver, downriver. So it's all very suspect. I did I did find the article and it's it's trying to make me go through the paywall, so I'm trying to find an alternative one. But it's talking about it is talking about the autopsy being different from scroll down and see if you can find the one that is in um Yeah, you can go to archive. Check up the archive one. Yeah, Yeah, the archive one is probably open. Family Dakota James announced evidence above. Archives usually are open. There we go. Yeah, that's it. 2018. This is recent. Now, how is it? Yeah, it's fairly recent. Yeah, yeah. So the county medical examiner's office ruled that Dakota James drowned in what they determined to be an accident. So they said it's an accident. Now scroll down and see if they mention Cyril Wecht. See, there's Gannon. That's the original investigator yeah. I was mentioning earlier. This is my portion theory. And then scroll down more and see if they come up with Cyril Wecht there. Doesn't mention his name in this one. I'm, I'm, I'm going to find it, though. Because, I, I mean, I, I did keep finding his name. So that's... There's something to that, like there. I mean, obviously, obviously, there's something to that. the The rope burn thing I find quite interesting in its own. Yeah, no, I mean, there's all these cases are all messed up. The the authorities have bungled a lot of these cases too. <clears throat> and and that's just it. You know, you were you were mentioned earlier about when a case goes, you know, to a point where the cops write it off in that way and it becomes it technically becomes a cold case and i've mentioned this before my little brother happens to be a cold case detective in the city of atlanta and like he he originally was you know like a beat cop or whatever and actually realized that he was that he was doing things you know more or less for the hand of the government and not as much for the you know, four people and such. And then he got into doing this cold case thing and has been recently solving 
helping solve murders that have been closed for years. You know, this it'd be it, it's the kind of thing or the kind of stuff that you would need, I guess, in some of these situations now since they've been written off. But and and, and the thing is, it, there's no relationship to anything related to their bodies of how they're treated on a physical level. Um, any particular thing that's really present in all of them in terms of oh, well, there are different ones one of the things is that the the medical examiners don't do a very good job and a lot of the stuff the, the autopsies are not public evidence so they can cover a lot up and there's been two this one Cyril Weck looked into this uh, medical examination but also the original guy McLean yeah uh, they looked in like originally they said he drowned and was found in this water treatment facility and then Cyril Wecht looked at the evidence, and the upper part of his body was burned off like somebody put a blowtorch to him, and he had a claw hammer uh, marks on his head like somebody hit him with the backside of a hammer. So, like, they just washed over all the stuff and wasn't published. So the wow. police keep some of the evidence close to their uh, chest. So I suspect even in a lot of these other cases, there's damage to the body, but it just hasn't been publicized. And it's a real, just another indication of how our law enforcement. Uh, well, no, I mean, you actually, you know, you, you see that you, you, even in a lot of these crime television shows and stuff that they put on there, you see them portraying that as they're like, oh, we're trying to, trying to keep the public safe by keeping them in the dark about this. And it's just, I've always been like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, if anything, we kind of need to know the gruesome details just to, I guess be aware of the situation more to work on connecting the lines and such ourselves even. I would agree with that. I think they should publicize it. The FBI came out. You can read, look it up. They said they debunked the theory in like 2008 or 2009. I've seen a couple different debunks on it. I think it's hilarious that they're nonsense at the debunks of it. I try to get these people to call me and argue with me and just, you know, whatever I, I'm up for anything. I have so much evidence. It's just outrageous. Like, well, I've got 120 cases. I could probably drop 300 cases and people would just be My thing is, if you have, uh, if there's, like you say, there's a few hundred cases with so many similarities that you could, you, you know, you could gather all this info and show it like, hey, it could possibly be one group of people. And to get that much pushback, and that much just like trying to hide the evidence. That means there could be it, something more to it. Right. It just makes you think. Is this related to Epstein level ridiculousness? Because that's, 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 that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. Epstein. Everybody right? ignored. Think you have to think. In the that's level what I'm of getting at. is Epstein, there was a lot of crimes that happened yeah. to create that. So yeah. what if this is an organization that facilitates the Epstein-esque services right. for a specific genre of clientele? And, like you know, like hostile. doesn't go well. It, like uh, hostile. You pay so much money to kill somebody. You know I what mean, I mean? Hostile was based off a real thing, but just an Asian. And, oh, like Eli Roth, when he directed that movie, he was seriously considering changing everything because... His, he felt his life was in danger when he directed that movie. It's like when you get so much pushback in the media, stuff gets erased, stuff gets swept under the rug. In so many cases, it makes you think, like, who's behind this that has that much pull well, to just make all did, of this go away? This all came from him finding a real listing of an offer of that type. He was all, yes. They were offering people at different price brackets, Americans like supposedly being the most expensive. Uh, they were saying uh, different prices depending on the nationality of the individual, if it was male or female. And uh, yeah, they basically give you the person for you to do whatever the heck you wanted with them. I'd seen you sent this over there, uh, Mr. Ramsey. I didn't know if, did you want this played or not? Did you? Yeah, want you, these are the two original kind of investigators. They did a show four years ago on Oxygen. All right. But I don't think they really covered covered it well enough. All right, well, this is just a little three-minute and 52-second video here, guys. I'm going to hit play on it and let you guys check this out, too. Audio? It's muted.
These investigators believe that they had the deaths could be the work of a group. The drowning deaths of college-age men left an impression on Kevin Gannon, a retired New York Police Department detective, who decided to investigate the cases further. But it wasn't the only mark left behind. Gannon and a team of investigators noticed smiley faces and other types of graffiti at some of the scenes where alleged victims were found or where they went missing. What we've determined is a well-structured organized gang with cells in major cities across the United States who drug, abduct, hold the victims for a period of time alive before they murder them and then place them into the water. Here's a look at the timeline of the investigation of the smiley face killer theory. For me, it started in 1997 uh, with the Patrick McNeil case when I was a supervisor in the missing person squad. Gannon says he found elements of the Fordham University students drowning as suspicious, which pointed towards human involvement. Although he was still working for the NYPD Missing Persons Unit at the time, he made a promise to the McNeil family that when he retired, he would look into the cases further. And it's a promise he kept. After retiring in the early 2000s, Gannon enlisted the help of another retired detective, Anthony Duarte. He knew what he was onto, and he wanted to stick to it, and he wanted to get justice for the families. And to show also to the authorities that these are not just drunk kids falling into the river while they have to go to the bathroom that they're being targeted. Along with the three drowning cases in New York that sparked Gannon's interest, the team says that they started to see drowning clusters in states like Michigan and Wisconsin. Lacrosse saw at least 11 drowning deaths since 1997 for college-aged men. The first case for me was in February 2006 with Scott Radel. He was a student on our campus. He went missing. Gilbertson began looking into similar cases with the help of his students. So I started reading through them and I said, oh my God, there's a pattern here. His students first thought of the killings as the work of the Interstate 94 killer. According to Gilbertson, it was an urban legend at the time of a killer working their way across the interstate. Later that year, Gannon and Duarte linked up with Gilbertson to begin working together on the cases. We went out there and shared information and then we realized it wasn't just a, a single long killer because they couldn't be doing it on the same nights in different cities unless they were you know, some type of group or organization or gang as we finally put it together. That same year, Minneapolis police reclassified the drowning death of Chris Jenkins, who was found dead months after disappearing on Halloween night. It was changed from accidental drowning to homicide. Police cited a new tip from a potential witness as the reasoning. Other clusters of drownings the team says they found stretched from cities like Chicago to Boston. The victims, for the most part, except for the ones that like went to school at Northwestern, the victims in Chicago are all from other cities where we have victims, like St. Cloud, East Lansing, and then it's when they came to Chicago to watch a sporting event or something like that, or celebrate New Year's, that's when they ended up victimized. With cases as recent as 2017, the team points to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania as the latest one. Another retired NYU. <clears throat> well, go ahead, I'm sorry. I said it's 2023, this is old. <laughs> still happening. There's, yeah, there's a lot more cases. Yeah, yeah, it's grown since then. Well, no, I mean, just, just in what we've, you know, pulled from this so far, you know, like these... These guys seem like they've obviously done their homework. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're fellows that are familiar with doing this kind of thing and clearly had other eyes on it as well. So it's not to me. I think it's 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 another one of those ones that it's awfully laughable to just brush it off. Kind of like you know you made reference, Luis, about like Epstein or like Maxwell being charged with human trafficking to no one, no one. You know, and but didn't they didn't they just release a movie on Netflix about uh, a group of elites uh, hunting people on an island? Oh, uh, well, that movie came out in theaters and then likely Netflix probably just bought it. But I remember this was a story, I think, supposedly it was like it was political. Yeah, it was political. It was related. liberals hunting right wing, or it was liberals right, hunting yeah. Republicans. Something but, like that. I mean, all of these stories like this, all of these movies like this, have uh, there's a, a there's there's reality to it, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's that's. I think that's the really the programming I mean, aspect of things. Like you, you know. I mean, I know. I know everybody's go-to is they're like, oh, The Simpsons. And I'm like, eh, look now. Like, look mm. at look at things like 
<clears throat> like them hiding. Yeah, I, and this this is where a lot of people are like, Jim, you're getting a little fringy, but I don't care. But like, they put nine eleven and so many things outside of the simpsons like you can go all the way back into the 80s and stuff in the movies and find callbacks to the idea of you know the twin towers or an attack on new york like that happening and such like that even 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 an x-files spinoff that got canceled because it's premiere episode, gunman its premiere episode was literally planes flying into the world trade centers and they were yeah There's and multiple movies <clears throat> literally and mm-hmm. the thing is how many movies are there of anybody attacking the empire state building outside of king kong and like there was a an actual physical plane that crashed into the B- empire it, state it, building the B- a b29 crashed into it in 19 which is a pre- something and the i designer, can't remember the designer of the of the twin towers said mm-hmm. that big planes could crash into it and nothing would happen yeah yeah, we're we're getting off subject. Yeah, we're getting off I mean, subject. I mean, but this could be a whole. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, are, but see, but see, are we though? Because see, from it, where I'm sitting, you know, upon my weirdness, is it? What is the plausibility that the same cult that is doing the things with Glushy, with Glush, Gl- Maxwell, Epstein, World Trade Centers? And these killings, like, how, what if there is a connection somewhere in the, you know, in the, in, in what I guess people generally call the shadow government, or I just call the puppet masters? Like, have you seen the Watchmen? The yes, and the Watchmen yes. TV series, which oh, not the like, TV series. I watched the TV series. It was the movie. But the Watchmen TV series, they they input this idea of a collective inside of things like the NYPD that you know, made it so the NYPD didn't ever behave like they were supposed to because there's something controlling the NYPD. Now, considering the NYPD today is one of the largest police forces with one of the most well-funded police forces in the United States that has, off- that has foreign offices in other places and operates outside of New York, who knows what's just even related to them. But you can tell that there's nefarious people inside of these organizations that don't want certain information to come out so they just every major city chicago la new york miami um houston i mean all major cities like that uh atlanta there's there's uh an underground where's the most human trafficking like the hartsfield jackson airport is a big hub because of it being an international airport for human trafficking and now that we basically have hollywood in this state because they found atlanta to just be so fabulous for filming has it gone up it the the, it's unlivable in atlanta yeah you can't afford it you can't afford it us people that are semi from georgia or at least spend enough time of their life to be considered from here like we're we don't go to atlanta we stay away from atlanta unless it's like an absolute necessity or something like that because yeah you man we've had some in the recent years some of those weird art expos where you have these people that are i mean i understand they're artists but it's creepy occult out there kind of art stuff and then you get a whole bunch of stories over I, the next I mean, few I've weeks about people. And, yeah, I've people, not seen those in shows. People, those people, people going missing and stuff like that. There's, there's actually an artist that is also an author, author that did some work for Hillary Clinton that owns this really interesting bar in Atlanta here that is known by the name of Church, and it is quite the opposite when you walk inside, and it's this dude plays it on the satirical thing and, but it's all like super satanical, but it's in the form of like a church. It's really disturbing to be honest with you. And actually this totally weird dude that was tied to some terrible sexual allegations on top of things was going to buy a giant chunk of property near my mom one time. And I, I totally fed her the information about who this dude was and her and the entire County made sure that this dude didn't get to buy that chunk of property to turn it into a resort for him and his friends during the summer, because that's the last thing they needed out in the country of Georgia. And it's, it's interesting to see all of these 
weirdos showing up from Hollywood and how the atmosphere of downtown Atlanta has changed because I do see a correlation with a lot of the same people that are pushing an agenda upon kids currently and this kind of stuff going hand in hand. Like, I don't know why it comes with Hollywood and publicity. Anybody? Well, I would say that if there is a connection with organization to this, then why isn't there been more of a attention given to this that promotes like thorough thorough connection checking and because there is potentially a drug connection uh, related to all of this as well, like a scene connection and it's 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 there's ways to connect the dots. Yes. But if nobody wants to do it, mostly on a federal level, because you have to then investigate Let's... communications. I mean, I mean they're surveilling be... every call you make, every text you make. Yeah, let's... and and this, they there can't could be international implications. To, there could be international. This could be international, easily. You know, this yeah, could easily whatever. stretch to to other countries. I mean, if, have you seen? Have you seen any connections to any uh, murders like outside of the United States or any accidental, you know, killings outside? Yeah, my second, documentary, outside? my second documentary covers all the international stuff. It's the global slaughter continues. So I cover Maybe. cases in France, Netherlands, Germany, UK again, Spain, Italy. So it's happening all over. Yeah. Thailand. Yeah. I just got a rabbit hole to dive into. Oh. Australia. Now that, now that is an underground and a country that would easily breed something like this would be Thailand. Yeah, absolutely. There's been bodies found in water all over there. I think there's been like 60 or 70 bodies found in the Sydney, Sydney Harbor over the last 30 years. So oh, it's a wow. dumping spot too. A lot of them are gay. So, man, uh, I got a rabbit. Oh, I got a rabbit hole to dive into now. Oh <laughs> man. And, well, you and, can pull up my films. Why don't you pull it up? I showed it in the chat. Sure, sure. You can show yeah, the links. Me... People can check it out. Oh no, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, of course, I'm. I try to make sure I stay on top of uh, bringing all the links and stuff that I can with these episodes. Everything that I share on here, and everything that guests send with me, definitely go with the. So episode. that's my first one. You can see it on Vimeo, and then you can pull up the second second one too. The follow on. Well, that's too. it. And then there was a movie that came out about the smiley face killers, and they totally stole my artwork. You can bring that up. It was done by uh, Brett Easton Ellis. You can t pull up, pull up. I'll show you the link. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, but see, now there's there's another one of those things right there that I have spoken about in the past. I'm not sure too much on the show, but on other platforms and stuff about how they will release something that has a similar name or similar cause or similar something so that when you go to search for it all you're finding is is, is that like oh you mean fast and furious yeah yes uh, disney's, fr disney's frozen operation fast and furious and then you have to pass through the first 80 links disney's frozen disney's frozen yeah that is a hey, that is a big one he's frozen oh does it elaborate Walt on disney's frozen Walt Disney's frozen under Epcot Center. Because so that, whenever you when you search for Disney Frozen before the movie, it would come up as Walt Disney Frozen under Epcot Center, the whole like theory behind him, or is at least his head frozen. And now that they release Disney's Frozen, whenever you search for Disney's Frozen, yeah. DC? I mean like because so, and, and in the same sense, you know, they've, not only did they steal your artwork, but they, they, they kind of stole your Google search ability with the smiley face killings. Because at, when you do type it into just Google, you know, I've, I've got some add-ins on my Google search bar, of course, that thanks to Louise hooking me up with some things. And of course, other things that I just found along the way myself too, to make my searches a little better. You know, you you have to dig through, like they were just saying, a bunch of nonsense to actually find these conspiracies that are out there, you know, and and 
I also believe that's them kind of trying to cover their trail on things, not only with the smiley face thing, but with other things as well. Go look up the, the life of Brett Easton Ellis, his background, the stuff he's written, and uh, why he would put out a kind of movie that shifts the focus of these killings away from, you know, uh, a group of people with similar interests to just one serial killer. <laughs> you know, I think that... Uh, that no, that's that. I like that. You know, I've, uh, we're talking about this fellow right here. Yeah, he wrote American Psycho. Yeah, that's what I thought we were. Wait, yeah, that, we somebody were was just mentioning they just released uh, a, a new book just now after like ten years. Yeah, that he's released a new book just recently too. Right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, look into his background, his interests, what he likes <clears throat> to do. Yeah, um, it seems to be a full of a lot of. I mean, American Psycho is a good example. Like, I mean, I, I understand that the actor was portraying something, but the actor was portraying something that... Uh, the governor of California, you mean? What I mean? <laughs> I mean, it was a representation of the current governor of California? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, oh, you're not wrong. I mean, but see, you can always judge, like, how close you are or the target zone based on how quick and how strong the propaganda machine picks up immediately after you like start digging up dirt on something nice. and start, you know, how the releasing stories and videos, uh, documentaries on stuff uh, independently, like you will know how strong of a story you have based on like, they'll start like throwing up, trying to shift people's view away from this that this story. goes uh, this goes along with something I was talking to about some guests we had the other night when Luis was with me about the five thousand dollar book. You know that you when you go to look for that book in just a general search, it it comes up as like the myth or the theory of the forgotten cause, and then you find when you do finally track down this book and you find the copy of it, and it cost four thousand nine hundred and seventy nine dollars and some change plus fifteen ninety nine shipping to get a physical copy of this book you're like why why is learning why is reading something that's supposed to be fake so expensive and, and no and I'll ask really, why are they not reprinting <clears throat> that book? Because somebody owns the rights. I've looked. I've looked. Somebody but owns why the is there not been? If somebody can be like, look, I will pay you. Reprint it. It looks like it. There's enough of a demand. I, I would say if the book's $5,000, you can do a reprint and it'll likely sell at least moderately well, well enough to be worth printing. When you put a price on a book like that, guy, uh, Jimmy found it for free. You know, no, we, I mean, you I know, mean, people like to have no, you can't hide because of like how, you know, I mean, just like the power you have at your fingertips now. I mean, you don't have to be like a, you don't have to be a genius uh, to get on a computer and do your own research. You really don't. I mean, just the power you have at your fingertips to do your own research on subjects, you know, um, nothing can stay hidden. For Wait, for very long. You didn't watch the news. Doing your own research is dangerous for our democracy. Right, 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 right. Those are the same people that saying retiring early is hazardous to your health. Was this? <laughs> but seriously, though, you doing your own research, it, it, stuff won't stay hidden for very long. You know, like this. You know, and that's and and that like, exactly like this. I guess Isn't that's why discover, like covering more cold. I mean, uncovering and solving cold cases left and right. And those are citizens. Mm -hmm. Those are citizens. Those are everyday individuals that are investigating, that are are looking into things and realizing why why am I noticing a pattern so well in the law enforcement and those people hired to do the task are not. And you will you you have done the work to realize okay there are patterns and let's recognize these patterns let's discuss these patterns let's have conversations on them so you can critique me and you can destroy any any points I give but let's conversate instead of just ignoring it. We had a we did a Jimmy and I did a serial killer episode <laughs> with John with a Canadian while John. ago. Yeah, with Can Canada John, our fellow British American. Um. And there are 500 
something upwards of 500,000 unsolved murders in the United States. Yes. And just imagine that how many of them have yeah. been written off. Like these have been written off. And even <clears throat> in Puerto Rico, you, I think it's 90%. Do you, do you, William, do you think that there is a plethora of ones even that you still haven't discovered that may have started before 97? <clears throat> like, it's a good question. I don't know if this phenomenon really goes back that far. Okay. But there's, there's other cases that I haven't heard of. Somebody Maybe under another Mark name. Though. Maybe they were under a different name. Uh, well, I mean, they're just not associated with the large group of this gotcha. phenomenon. So yeah. people do send me stuff like I didn't, I don't speak French, but some French guy looked through and went through all the cases in France. And there's obvious these, this type of phenomenon is happening in France. So I assume it's happening in many, many more places. Than so if, if even I can see. what, what this would, What's your theory on what could it be? Would it just be a human trafficking manage, like ring? Or I think they're abducted, abused. I, th I think they're abducted, abused, and then murdered, and then dumped in the river. I think that's that. It sounds that's very typical. Trafficking, yeah. Standard human trafficking. Use them, abuse them, throw them away. And and with it being, with it, it it's interesting seeing that it is a specific. I don't genre. think that's really too. I wouldn't define that as trafficking. I don't know well, if they're yeah, like trafficking them, and other people are coming in. Yeah, that's that's still trafficking uh, under no, under the no, tech. Uh, anytime if you abduct somebody, you're not trafficking. Trafficking would mean selling, sending across state lines. But if it's one or two people taking somebody and shoving them in the dungeon, abduction of individual is trafficking. When you're abducting somebody, you're taking. Them. So are you saying that's yeah. a legal term? Yeah. No, it's it's more on that. Yeah, we're splitting. Okay. We're but splitting hairs. Yeah. I've never heard that. I'm a lawyer. I've never heard that term. I'm pretty familiar with criminal procedure and law. But whatever. No, that, no, that, um, that's actually that. You know that that is a that is a point that I also have seen when I was reading a lot of your stuff is that you have studied law and stuff. So I think. To me, I'm, that, you, I'm an attorney in the state of California. Yeah, and so I think I think when it comes to investigating this stuff, like you know, you <clears throat> that in itself, I guess, if people are looking for credentials, because you know that's a big thing you always find out here in this kind of realm when you're talking about these fringe type subjects, is people are like, you know, oh, you're just some weird dude with a pirate hat, and I'm just like, yeah, totally cool. But then you have people that you know have actually put in the effort and have the the documents that they want to recognize over the guy that's done his own research. And it's just like, why? Well, here's the thing you is know. that you can take all that and throw it away. You can just look at the work that I put out. All my yeah. books speak oh. for themselves. Yes, my sir. documentaries speak for themselves. Oh, we're not, we're not denying that I'm not at saying all. you are. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that personally. Like, I feel like you're after me. I'm just saying mm -mm. that that's the beauty of a book or a documentary is people will go and watch it and test it. I can tell you for certain certainty, my first documentary, which is three and a half hours, when people get done with that, nobody gets done and says, this is all bogus. They understand because yes. I put oh. out all the facts. Yes. 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 And, and, you know, I've, I actually, my, my first come across you years ago was in you, the book, the children of the beast, the Alistair Crowley or whatever, when that, when you first put that out and yeah. And that was shown yeah, to me. That was yeah. 2014. That was a while back. And, and that was that was shown to me. And you know, after going through stuff like that, I was <clears throat> I got into that route and I've done a lot of investigating into that subject too. Like as far as the Aleister Crowley ties and a lot of like the weird occult stuff. And I did like this five hour conversation with a guy that's done a lot of research into that too. And he's not a big fan of, of Crowley himself either because of the way he practice practices kind of inversion to a, to things and the backward stuff and the occult type practices of these inversion type stuff. And it's a mate. Um, I guess what I'm alluding to is that like, I personally see that all of the bad in the world is intertwined by something that we all don't really have an answer to. And that's why I personally think like, this is, <clears throat> this has you know somebody has a a flavor or something or somebody has a interest in the this specific genre of man and that's why 
this continues to happen. I personally wouldn't doubt if out there on the dark web somewhere, somebody's actually paying for the visuals of the abuse and stuff that you're talking about going. That can surprise me at all. You know, because they're all. Have you ever seen the documentary Kink? It's on Netflix. I do know what you're talking about. I haven't actually seen it. I know what you're talking about. I've read some reviews about it. Go and check that out because I included it in my first documentary. And what it is is these guys in San Francisco bought some old armory and they filmed, it's like super heavy, like BDSM type stuff, but they had different rooms and they would have the video and people from all over the world would pay to go in and watch. But these were all legal type stuff in San Francisco. But imagine if those people involved in that also had something even darker. Well, right? the re- it makes me think, think about the red rooms like that. That's right, a, right, exactly. You know, that's, that was where my brain went with a lot of this is because they're, the Red Rooms is another one of these disgusting phenomenons that actually happen, and people yeah, pay, pay. Yeah, it it is real. Like there have been really people killed and visually seen on this stuff that have gone missing, and then maybe not there even. Was a guy, there was a guy from Australia who ran these kind of Red Rooms. He, he moved to Philippines and he abused these Filipino kids in the most grotesque way imaginable, and he made money doing unspeakable things to children so and he got caught and put in jail he should have been put to death but um he was and this is kind of like the modern world so you can stream this stuff out i mean the sad Um, thing is today there's 40 million slaves on the planet that's why i was mentioning the trafficking element because this is all so i my question is my question is what set you on this path to uncover this and make this a point to make a documentary about this and write a book and stuff so like it this. just follows it follows the stream of all of my research started out in 2010 writing about crowley crowley led to i was going to write children of the beast and i took a side track and wrote about the, the west memphis three and all the occultism and crowley involved in the west memphis three then i put out my third book in 2014 children of the beast and while i was researching children of the beast I kept seeing the smiley face. It was in Alan Moore. It's in the common culture. It's involved with art, ho- uh, art house type stuff. It's involved in Balenciaga now. I saw that. Uh, I saw it in Acid House kind of rave type stuff. So why is the smiley face so predominant? And then I, I came across this old recording, recording from coast to coast about the smiley face killer. So I thought it was an urban myth. And so then I just was keeping an eye out because I was doing more research on it. And I started following these cases. I met up and kind of linked up with Jim Smith, who I recommend people check out on Twitter. Oh, I do. I do follow him. Yes. Okay. He's probably the best. I mean, there's nobody who compares to him as far as the amount of research he's done. So I linked up with him and I watched the first case that I saw of a disappearance of a young kid. Uh, His name was Joey Labute in Columbus, Ohio. And I said, if he gets found in water, I'm going to freak out. So he's disappeared. The same pattern happens. It's not just the bar disappearance. He disappears. There's a call out. There's a massive manhunt. Their signs go up. They're in the news. 19 days later, Joey Labute's body is found in the Scioto River in the water. So that was like, wow, I just watched this phenomenon that people are talking about happen in real time. So then I just started following the cases and, and went back through the historical cases and just followed cases of people who started disappearing and drowning or being found in water. The same thing happened with Dakota James. And there were case after case after case during that time. And so that set me down like, okay, I have a lot of visual evidence of these things and all of these recordings. And uh, it's very important that people understand that these are not accidental. So that was really the hook is that I put out that documentary to show these are not accidental drownings. These are something else is happening so i showed all those in detail another case you can look at is shane montgomery out of uh manny yunk pennsylvania he supposedly drowned in like three feet of water and they did a full search on the river like the the whole sonar stuff and all the guides and then they found his keys they didn't find his body and then he pops up in the same spot 10 days later i mean these are unbelievable. They're not. They're, they're and, strange. And, and in most jewelry. cases, you said they're not decomposing, meaning they weren't in no, the well, water. I don't. Okay. In many of the cases, no, I did not say. I did not say that. But okay, okay, I'm asking. Um, okay, well, no. I mean, the cases that you can get the information from are all different. 
but in the case of Dakota James, he was not decomposed. I don't know what some of the state is like. Like I said, a lot of the information has not come to the public, so I don't know what's happened with you know a lot of these autopsies. The family has to get the autopsy and put it out. So I've only seen maybe five autopsies tops of all these like 120 cases I've looked into. So that's why that's kind of the arc of this whole thing. So I've kept up in the cases as much as possible. Um, they're still in the public. I mean, it's it dipped during the whole COVID down, but now it's back in force. Like there's probably 10 dead bodies in the last two or three months. Um, and you can do them. I just interviewed Jim Smith within the last two or three weeks. And that's our most recent. So I just caught up with him. We've done probably five shows. And then that kind of, it's actually strange because it's just like doing research leads to your next book. So out of the Smiley Face Killers, I wrote my next book, which is Global Death Cult about the Order of Nine Angles, Adam Waffen and the Slaughter of the Innocent. So kind of do a lot of research that's never been done before. And so that was kind of why I did the Smiley Face Killers. My research was uh, tried to have more breadth than Gilbert and Gannon, sure, Gilbertson sure. and Gannon. So that's sure. why I put that, that together, that document. And I would recommend to you and your listeners, go check out my Vimeo page, but go look at the comments of the people who, who actually watched the film. And uh, I never really got a bad comment, maybe one or two. But among all the other comments, there's probably 50 positive comments like, this is amazing. Wow, you did a lot of research. And it's all based upon facts. Well, there's not a lot of speculation. Nice. Oh, yeah. Well, in a, in a sense, you're, you're trying to keep these people alive uh, because, I mean, in a, in a sense like this, it's like something happens to these people. I mean, and the people behind it are expecting to just have these people written off as, you know, an accidental death. You know, when Absolutely. they're being killed. And if somebody doesn't, they're going to be forgotten, you know? So. Yeah, go. And you can go look at the families. You can go to the list and ask all those families. Almost all of them say it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't look. And there's actually another case I did. His name was Garcia out of Boston who disappeared. They checked the uh, reservoir and then found his body upon another check. And the mother. Uh, in mother's instinct, she's being recorded right there by the media, and she says, I think he's still alive. I think he's still alive. This is after he just disappeared, and he probably was still alive. They probably had, had him somewhere. You know, Louis, and he was abducted going away, and then he was found uh, found in this obvious reservoir that people are walking around. It's about like in the center of town. He just magically reappears there in a previously searched reservoir. So... The, you know, this, these people, uh, yeah, the, a lot of these are forgotten. The police are not looking into them. And, I mean, so it's... it's so, this is, so, so this is one that Luis had brought up a little earlier, that this this actually uh-huh. happened close to, like, his home, his home, his old home or whatever. And, you know, I mean, of course, there's some publicity around it and stuff, but dude did just kind of, like, go missing and then reappear up on, you know, the bay there in the ocean. And, you know, I'm... I, when now hearing there's not much lakes in puerto rico so you should they usually use the ocean yeah and then another person showed up in the ocean soon after so he's the second body in puerto rico to show up in the ocean just you know just randomly like this and so you know i I, it makes it makes me wonder like what kind of kind of things or if there might even possibly be more connections and things like this and you know you're you're right just looking at some numbers here myself you can see of course now that life is going somewhat back to normal that there has been an uptick yet again in missing persons cases and everything else in that realm of things and i've 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 made this correlation in a few of my previous shows and stuff that of course you know you've got your missing persons and your cave systems and your bigfoot sightings and all three maps can sit on top of each other and almost identical to the same exact thing. And I know I know it gets a little bit far fetched when I start getting into like the Bigfoot aspect of it too, but of <clears throat> human trafficking and missing people I think is a very looked over aspect across the board anyway. On top of these smiley face killings as well, you know, there are missing people every single day. And a, a really true fact about most of it is that very many of them aren't ever really found you know there's people that have probably been on that missing poster board so long that they're grown adults now if they even made it that far 
and it makes you wonder if if like again this is me being me and kind of believing and agreeing with a lot of the things that i've seen you write and talk about that it is some form of a global death cult like out here doing some really effed up things all the way around you know i mean it not i and i think it affects more than just america i think there's this stuff going on in countries worldwide and absolutely and, there are go look at the uh, femicides in uh ciudad juarez right on the border between the u.s and mexico there's been like hundreds of women somebody said a thousand and they are clearly being abducted they're targeted they've been targeted through this business group and they're uh, underwent the most horrific stuff and then are found in the desert. It's been going on and sociologists, FBI agents have been there to look around, Robert Ressler. And they say that this is kind of like a bonding thing. So these groups go out and hunt together. And yeah, 1,004, yeah, so. But they're going out and, increase. Yeah, and, and abusing these women and dumping them as a kind of like, uh, sacrifice also kind of like a ritual mm -hmm. among the men and passing them around they're all a, a lower class which is very similar to the smiley face killing victims they're not upper class they're all lower to middle class uh, some of them don't have a lot of resources so it's a warning like a lot of the stuff my research is like there's dark things have very dark things happening in the world and people can, need to be very aware I most see. of the men don't think they can get drugged and raped yes okay but, so that's that's like I could see the uh, warning aspect of it, you know, and back to something you said earlier about kind of being there to throw police off, you know, you're, you're taking average Joe, average Jim Bob and making him disappear. He was probably a popular fellow, you know what I'm saying? You know, you're at least, at least known and then things go on and then he pops back up. And like you said, that one case 40 days later, and it's just like, what, you know what the hell is going on here and that it, i think somewhere and I, I think this goes back to where i was saying somewhere about like the red room stuff because i really do think that people do get abducted and abused in aspects that we couldn't possibly imagine because there is so much abuse out there even in the in the the like the porn, pornography world like there's a terrible things going on on like pornhub or whatever of people being you know, sexually mistreated and such, and the companies, like, they're like, oh, we're fighting it, but yet it still pops up, just like with Twitter and CP and, you know, things like that, and you're just like, how is this shit making it to the the above ground of the internet? Is it really getting that bad in the underground of the internet that it is making it here? It's, it, this is back into that double-edged sword bandit. You know what we're always talking about? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah dude. You, you know, Social media can be used to promote this sort of thing or uncover it. You yeah. know what I mean? And I, I think... Just like any technology, it's how you use it, you know, for good or evil. That's right, yeah. yeah. Guys, I gotta run... Uh, no, I got to take off. It's I been great. This is time you need. Yeah. No, this is, no, this is we good. Had a blast. I, I, I do greatly appreciate everything that you yeah. shared with us here this evening. And of course, all the links and stuff we've talked about will be shared with this episode, as well as links where to get back to William Ramsey. I've got his website and his yeah, Apple you can podcast. Put the links, links to my two documentaries in the show notes, too. People can check. Yes, sir. Out. Absolutely. I will make sure of that, of course. You know, and we. We, again, we greatly appreciate you joining us this evening. Thanks, and, thanks for the invite. Thanks for having me. And I, I look forward to more that you put out on this stuff and keeping up with it myself too, man. And maybe we can talk again yeah. in the future. Check out Jim Smith. Check out all the stuff. He has the recent cases too, so yes, sir. much more so than I. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Take care. Yes, sir. You have a great so night. It's a pleasure. You too. Bye-bye.